Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Mark Watson. He is the CEO of ABI Wellness. Mark's background as an educator and an athlete positions him to appreciate and explore the brain's ability to change and recover after brain injury. His experiences with learning difficulties developed his interest in different learning profiles and and helping students better understand the nature of their disabilities and their ability to overcome them. Mark has worked in education and cognitive rehabilitation since 2002, having served as a teacher, administrator, executive director, and CEO. With the, with the background in human kinetics and educational leadership, Mark successfully paired his background in both of these areas into his role at ABI Wellness. What he's doing is pairing his clinical experience in serving students with learning disabilities with his previous experience as the co-founder and executive director of the Watson Center for Brain Health. Mark has seen firsthand the overwhelmingly positive impact of strengthening specific neurological capacities what it could have the impact on all aspects of a patient's life. He's committed to working with patients so they can lead more fulfilled and independent lives. A frequent speaker on the topic of brain injury rehabilitation, Mark has presented his work to numerous public health agencies, BC Cancer Agency, the NHL Alumni Association, and more. Mark also serves as a member of the Integrated Health Advisory Board at Kwantlen Polytechnic University. What we're going to be covering chronic TBI and recovery and and what we're doing to raise standards to produce better outcomes here. And so, Mark, thank you so much for for joining us today. Oh, thanks a lot uh, for having me on. Uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Likewise, Mark. So, you know, tons of interesting work being done in, in, in today's field around mental health, you know, that, that, that seems to have gotten more light. I'm excited to dive into the, the, the topic of, of chronic traumatic brain injury and, and, and in the post-acute setting. Um, but before we dive into that, you know, the thing that you guys do so well, talk to us about what inspires your work in healthcare. Well, I mean, like, like anything, it, it really starts with a problem. And uh, so it, it, you'd mentioned there, and thanks for the bio. <laughs> um, you'd mentioned uh, my background yeah. in education. So it started out in working with kids with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my journey into that started with me being diagnosed with a learning disability in grade one. Mm-hmm. And kind of as we started to bring this work into working with people with brain injury, what came to, to our attention was that once someone with a brain injury, whether it's, you know, a fully acquired, meaning more like a stroke or a traumatic event, um, meaning a TBI, uh, once someone is discharged from acute care, um, there seems to be a very difficult ability to get access to good integrated re- rehabilitation care. And this seemed to be consistent everywhere we went. There was a lot of different options uh, for care. And sadly, because of that, uh, it was difficult for people to get access to the kind of care that they could need, especially with cognitive issues, meaning attention, memory, planning, and organizing. And so we had continued to see these problems in the school setting, and we decided to, to try to study people with chronic traumatic brain injuries could actually improve their higher order cognitive functions. and. When I talk about, you know, being inspired in this work, 
I have a mentor named Barbara Aerosmith Young who created a cognitive rehabilitation program for kids with learning disabilities. And it was, a, it, you know, her program's quite remarkable and it was yielding really good outcomes in education. And we were wondering if we could take elements of that program that focused on these higher order cognitive functions and then apply it to really having a significant outcome for those in our community with living a lower quality of life due to brain injury. Well, it's a uh, very interesting work, Mark, and, and, and meaningful work. Why do you think that gap exists? You know, why do you think that post-acute, there's a huge gap? Well, I, I, think, I think we need to look at the mandates of the organizations that are treating um, this population. So mm-hmm. if we look at our typical you know, hospital here in BC, we're fortunate. I mean, I'm really, especially now, um, cognizant of the impact of the acute care system and the outcomes that they're having. And BC is uh, British the, Columbia, right? Sorry, that's British yeah. Columbia. Okay. But <laughs> it's, it's the same in the Pacific Northwest and, and out sure. east as well. They're, they're doing a remarkable job. And their mandate is to, is to give them the kind of acute care that they need. And they do that. But with many people with brain injury, there's still um, a, there, there can be cognitive issues following that brain injury. And what we were seeing is once discharged, those were, for the most part, being left untouched if they were there. So who's, who's to treat that, that, that person, that population? Oftentimes, it can be a clinical counselor, it can be a community support worker, it can be an occupational therapist, Um, but you can see that depending on your resources and your location, um, there's not really an optimized or standardized approach to treating this population with a keen eye on outcomes and, and really capacities. Yeah, 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 it's that, it's that, the need for a standard. And so, uh, you know, and I guess that's where you guys come in, Mark. Tell us a little bit about how you guys are adding value to the healthcare ecosystem within this niche. Yeah, I mean, what we initially did was looked at, you know, just the higher order cognitive functions. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say just, that's important. Um, but what we did in, in surveying and understanding what was out there was that um, this was an area for improvement. So we got to work and we, we did a proof of concept study with the University of British Columbia. Look, the research question was really, can post-acute or chronic complex mild TBI, so our concussions that aren't healing after the normal window for recovery, could that population actually improve higher order cognitive functions by engaging in this kind of program? And initially, many of the people were saying, well, no, once we're kind of in that that post-acute phase, your, your window for recovery is kind of gone. And to the credit of UBC, University of British Columbia, they took on this research question. And we found that, yes, if people could engage in this kind of program, they could get better. And, you know, typically in outpatient rehab, uh, kind of engagement rates are quite low because of the nature of chronic TBI. And what we found that was really interesting was that our engagement rates and attendance rates were in the high 90%, which was really, that was a total outlier if we're talking about Gladwell stuff. And um, so that that got people really interested. They're saying, hold on, these people have chronic issues following TBI. 
And here they are engaging in this outpatient rehab program at a very high level. And not only are we seeing cognitive improvements linked with changes in, in kind of functional connectivity using EEG, but they're also self-reporting better activities of daily living changes. Wow. The desire is there, right? And, and people are just showing up. I think people, I think people want the opportunity to get better. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I guess that, that, that's one of the things, Saul, that I, I, I really appreciate about, uh, you know, digging into the topics that you do is that's really what motivates us. You know, we think about the why and the why is so closely tied uh, to giving an opportunity and a, and a system space opportunity for this population to help to get themselves better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's so interesting. You know, we we spend so much time and resources making the body better, and and for some reason, the brain is comes as an afterthought. You know, I mean, I don't want to say that in a bad way, but I, you know, to, to your point, it, it, we need more standards. And and uh, it sounds like you guys are onto something here, Mark. But w yeah. What makes what ABI uh, does different or better than what's available today? Initially, our, our focus, as I mentioned earlier, was, was only looking at the higher order cognitive functions using uh, one of my key mentors' uh, program and elements of it. And that was terrific. And we saw really nice outcomes from that. However, as I talked to more people in the space, especially occupational therapists, um, they've been key teachers for me on this road, along mm -hmm. with physical medicine doctors called physiatrists. <laughs> And, and just general docs and rehab professionals, what they were helping us to understand is that if we wanted to have a really significant impact, we needed to blend the care model and really focus on the B2B model, not just B2C. And in doing that, we had to get to work on the software programming to develop a service platform that could actually reliably kind of um, assess and treat this population uh, in a way um, that could optimize and standardize interdisciplinary rehab. So that's actually what we've done. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the difference that we're making was that our initial assumption was just looking at cognitive rehab, right? And then blending that, looking at that. But actually, in reality, that could add a further silo in what is already a busy model. Mm -hmm. So what we had to do was to pivot, which is one of those <laughs> key words <laughs> right now, to software development, and then to uh, blend the care model, looking at some of the best of evidence-based practice that already had good data behind it, and blend that into one B2B-focused service platform. And that's what I'm really proud of our team. That's what we've done over the past four years. Fascinating. So uh, a great pivot. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs that get into the space ultimately make that shift you know, the, the B2B model. And so you guys have blended software development, cognitive rehab with evidence-based uh, approaches that are, that are working. Talk to us about how, how the system has improved outcomes and maybe walk us through an example of, of, of how this works and how a, a typical customer gets engaged with, with what you offer. Yeah, happy to. So what we found in surveying the market, we did like any, you know, most people do when we see a problem, we went out and, and surveyed 
and, mm-hmm. and tried to understand what the what the space looked like. And what we were finding in post-acute was was a lot of uh, different approaches to treating this population and their symptoms. And uh, you mentioned standards. It, it didn't seem to be very well standardized, <laughs> and it didn't actually seem to be very well optimized either. Uh, some other approaches could probably work really well. And one, I'm not saying that that isn't true. I'm sure that can be true. But we seem to think that there needed to be more systemization to treating this uh, population. So what we did was we really uh, got to work in in doing the, the, the programming and then talking with outpatient rehab facilities. And how they come on board with this kind of program is really they need to already be focused in post-acute rehab and really uh, bridging the gap between inpatient to outpatient to community because there's a lot of gaps there. And we, sure. we found we can really help with an eye on the provider as well as the patient, uh, a system that can keep those touch points high while keeping costs low. So h- how it works is, that, like all of us, we've really moved to at-home uh, programming. And really how it works is we partner up with clinics, um, okay? So the, the, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a licensing agreement yes. um, who already specialized in the space. And really what we want to do is we want to provide provide them the ABI wellness system of care for them to deploy as they need, okay? So mm-hmm. um, some uh, organizations contact us and say, uh, there was one just not that long ago out of Texas who contacted us and said, okay, we work in stroke, in chronic stroke. We've got an inpatient ward. We've got outpatient to community. And we are recognizing that we're not really even touching cognition. Could we uh, look at that and study that to see what the outcomes could be? The other way that people come on board is we would be in conversations with an outpatient rehab clinic. They would train up their staff because most of the um, programming is more one-to-one at this time working with th- this population, which is problematic. Um, and it's also primarily face-to-face. I mean, it's got its advantages. It's great to have that relationship. However, on the on the business side, it can be harder because OTs um, are, you know, are compensated very well and should be. Um, but the models one-to-one, well, that's hard to get access to that care. Our model's more six-to-one. So those ratios are are higher. And they can actually uh, optimize that care model for the provider, but also provide the community for the patient. And, and that's Mark, is on the on the six to one. How much of this is virtual care that you guys are uh, enabling? Well, this is where you know I, I think we we had some good foresight and also some luck. Is we were we were building this model to be able to eventually be uh, delivered remotely to really access those most in need in remote communities. Um, but at this point, our clinics conti- continue to be up and running. And all of this is being delivered uh, from at home and remote right now. Cool. Very cool. And that that right there in itself, right? I mean, we talk about outcomes improvement and business model optimization success, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, to go from one to one to six to one and still deliver and equivalent or better result is is extraordinary i think so i mean i i'm so close to it though <laughs> but it's really it's really kind of uh, validating to hear that from other people in the space that we're talking with and especially when we think about the outcomes 
because what what has been a uh, constructive criticism of cognitive rehabilitation or cognitive optimization is actually looking at the transfer of of those cognitive improvements mm-hmm. um, to activities of daily living or quality of life. And you know, if people are interested, I encourage you to check out our website because we actually have uh, the most recent white paper that that we published is actually looking at, at transfer. Um, so not just return to work outcomes, which are really, really positive, um, but also, you know, quality of life and activities of daily living, which, you know, any, uh, you know, good, more behavioralist <laughs> doctor, but any really right. uh, professional in the space is going to be looking at those data as well. And, and that is where, you know, I'm really proud of what we're, the outcomes that we're seeing, um, because people are, people are reclaiming uh, some of what they have lost and they're sustaining those improvements. Fantastic. So, so Mark, there's, you guys are providing a tool to, to these caregivers and outpatient facilities. And and so these tools are enabled that enabling them to provide better care and also run a more efficient business. Exactly. Well said. That's exactly it. And and there's a keen eye on the efficiency and that's who we're partnering with now is we're looking at um, really some, some of the bigger providers to help them to understand how they can, they can help the markets that they serve. And for some, yes, it's TBI, it's ABI focused, but for others we're hearing from, and we're open to hearing from more, it's really mental health and other uh, chronic health conditions that could benefit from this blended approach. Well, so, so, so key, right. And, and, and there has been so much investment in the last five years in mental health that, you know, I, I really like how your solution, which, is grounded in research and really starts off with the physiological thing, mm-hmm. then leads into the mental health uh, problem. And so, you know, we are a, a, a health community that approaches physical problems. <laughs> and so, yeah, I love how you, how you tackled it from the physical and now are offering solutions to, to, to the mental care as well. Yeah, 100%. And um, the, the, other, the other thing that we'd seen in, in a lot of this is, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of the care is compensatory in nature, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, um, steering around those weaknesses that may become chronic. Um, and we're not saying we don't need compensatory strategies. They are important. However, I would challenge that by saying, why don't we look at how we're sequencing those? So why don't you focus on uh, in, increasing capacity first? And then later, once we've done as much capacity building or reclaiming as possible, then start looking at more of the compensatory strategies. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. And, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this, thinking to yourself, there's something here, you know, there's, there's an opportunity for me to, to do better. I think number one, you're being honest. And number two, take advantage of this conversation with Mark. The website is abiwellness.com, ABI as in uh, acquired brain injury, abiwellness.com. Check out what they're doing. Check out their research and just the improvements that they're making in this area. Talk to us, Mark, about a setback. What's something that happened to you or or the company that turned to a key learning that's really helped you guys deliver what you do today? Well, there's, there's been many, um, like with, with, with anything where, you, where you're driven by vision so hard. Uh, but I think, so. one of the, the ones that, that really, I think, can provide context was a personal setback. 
Okay. Um, back when we were starting um, this exciting work with my mentors, you know, Barbara Aerosmith Young and, and Howard Eaton, two huge mentors in my life, just after we were starting to look at this research, I received some very difficult personal news in that I, I was diagnosed with a rare form of lymphoma at age of 37. Wow. Two young, two young kids at home, an amazing wife, and we were just getting going. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it's real challenging. <laughs> and uh, I'm a really optimistic kind of positive type guy. And uh, I couldn't even spell the kind of cancer that I had at that time. Came to learn it later. But <laughs> what uh, this setback taught me, I was so fortunate in terms of the care that I got because I was, um, because of, I was quite healthy. Otherwise, I was healthy enough to be enrolled in a randomized controlled clinical trial, a phase three. And um, this gave me the opportunity to improve outcomes uh, because the current outcomes for my form were, you know, 50, 50. Yeah. And, but this was showing promise in phase one and phase two of a better outcome. And so I went and, and met with my oncologist and, and chatted with my, my amazing wife and family. And we decided to go for it and to trust in, in the science and in the system and in the opportunity for a better outcome. And what uh, what I found was, you know, I, I was into, into remission before the end of my treatment, before my my six uh, chemotherapy sessions. Mm -hmm. And along with that, so what I did do was I took technology, you know, I, I took the early Fitbit and, and walked my 10,000. I meditated every day. Uh, even while I was in PET scans, I was practicing gratitude and meditation uh, as much as I could be. <laughs> sure. And, sure. Um, and understanding the mindset that I needed to be in or try to be in for recovery. And throughout this, ex this setback, yes, it was terrible. It was scary. You know, my colleagues allowed me to continue to work on this ABI wellness concept while in, in this treatment. And what I learned out of that was really challenge the standard of care. I got the most remarkable care. I'm so fortunate, so fortunate, mm -hmm. like many are. Mm -hmm. But what I continued to learn throughout this process and after it was that get your research question tight, understand that there's, there, there's an issue that needs to be solved um, and, and chase those outcomes. And we all understand that brain injury and neurological disorders are causing huge problems in people's lives. Uh, they're causing huge problems on society with the long-term cost of care. Uh, but there are solutions out there as well. For me, I'm just a debt of gratitude to all the doctors who helped me out. But sadly, that is not what I'm seeing in brain injury. The level of care is nowhere near the level of care that I received. And we want to try to change that. We want to make it, we, we want to help people get themselves better. We want to help organizations apply a system-based theory and system-based program that really helps to produce predictable outcomes. Well, I think it's outstanding. And, and what, a, what an amazing story, Mark. I mean... Gosh, I mean, I, I feel you there, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and I feel you because gosh, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 36 and I have a, my son and I just put myself kind of in your shoes and I felt the pain and, and, uh, you made it, man. Congratulations. First of <laughs> oh, all. Thanks. Thanks. So <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's great. You know, it was, it was a great thing, but you know what? I'm still there. You know, I'm, I'm still cognizant of that. And, yeah. and that's part of what motivates our team and our vision is to help the ultimately these people.
but actually more these organizations to have a more predictable pathway to partner with us to say, here's a way that's working. Here's a way that can optimize. Come along with us. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and we all know that variability in our, in our care delivery is a problem. When mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to, to tackle something and remove variability and produce standardized uh, delivery of care, it, take advantage of it. Um, your story is, is inspiring, Mark. And, you know, I, I, I'm thrilled to share it here with the community. Um, so what was, what, what was, what is your tight research question? Because I, I love the idea, first of all, right? The, and, the, and the tip here for all of us to take away is get your research question tight and mm-hmm. chase those outcomes. I love that. I, that's my, that's my Mark quote for the day. <laughs> um, what was yours? Yeah. And, and, and you just want to hear that. So the, the initial question, uh, uh was, uh, can a, a behavioral cognitive rehabilitation program improve cognition for people with chronic MTBI? Mm. Because what we were seeing the insurers struggle, everybody struggles with this population. Mm-hmm. That may be part, partly also a baseline issue uh, because in these complex mild concussion cases, um, roughly between 80, 86% are going to uh, get better. I still challenge those data a little bit too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what about those other, what, what about that, you know, 14 to 20%? What about that? What do we do about that? And do you, you know, I also used to play football in university and I've, I've seen many concussions in my day. Yeah. What do you do? Is it, is it some special limitless type supplement that's going to do it? <laughs> is it, is it biofeedback? Is it all just going to go away? I don't think so. And, um, the, the, the bigger thought I had was, well, what do you then do? So let's say you've had all of these issues, uh, these cognitive or these concussion or these TBI type issues. And, you know, you're a year out, but you still have symptoms. What do you do? What's the plan? Do you just advocate? Do you do like many great not-for-profits are doing and advocate that these concussion issues are a problem? Do you have counseling sessions, which are super helpful? What do you do? And what we wondered was, okay, could you dose a rehabilitation dose um, specific to these cognitive issues, pair that assessment with good treatment, and then look at the outcomes? And that's what we did. And, and yes, we saw cognitive changes. Well, I think it's great. And uh, the, the opportunity to, to tackle this is, is extraordinary for all of us. Uh, the cost to, to people's lives, to families, to society... It's too great to to just ignore. Um, what are you most excited about, Mark? Uh, the opportunity to transform a system of care and to be a part of that, to be a small part of that, to partner with really, really smart institutions. I've been fortunate. I've met some real leaders um, in, in kind of re- rehab med over the past few years. And I'm humbled that I'm able to um, communicate with them about what we're doing and about how it could help to have a more, um, you know, mature, a more sophisticated model to treat this population. Uh, because remember, uh, in the back of my mind, 37-year-old Mark says, thank God somebody asked that damn question. <laughs> For sure. So, <laughs> and uh, so that motivates me personally, but our organization is 
is ultra motivated by the outcomes that we see. You know, I, I hear from former clients frequently and, you know, they feel so fortunate that they were able to be a part of this. And, uh, but sadly, you know, most aren't able to get access to this kind of care. And we're, and that's what we're excited about. We're excited to help to make that happen so that people can transform their own lives. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so, you know, there's a lot of people listening. What's the call to action for them, Mark? You know, what, yeah. what, what do you want them to do? Obviously, you presented the, the great solution that you guys provide. What's the call to action? Hey, if you, if you work in the cognitive rehab space, in the paramedical space, and want to learn more about transforming outcomes from a cognitive but also interdisciplinary lens, give us a call. We're interested to partner up with other organizations, you know, right now. And, you know, we're interested to understand what you're currently doing and how we might be able to further standardize and optimize it. Love so, it. yeah. That's so what's the me. number or, or, or the website or where, where, where should they reach out? Well, what they should do is, is just go to our website, www.abiwellness.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can give us a call. I mean, if it's international, you can call us toll free at 1-833-414-8958. Or you can email us at info at abiwellness.com. We'd love to hear from you. Love it. Mark, um, we'll definitely include that in the show notes. So listeners, if you're wanting to respond right away, just, you know, you'll have a way, different ways to contact Mark and his team uh, in the show notes of the, of the episode, go to outcomesrocket.health and type in ABI wellness. You'll see everything there, including a full transcript of our discussion with, with Mark today. Mark, you know, I'm, I'm always curious what smart people like you are reading. <laughs> so what, <laughs> book, what book would you recommend? I don't know how smart I am, but, but thank you. I've got very good mentors. Um, <laughs> You're the average of your five closest peers. Well, absolutely. And I'm just always, <laughs> always trying to surround myself with uh, people who may help to make me better. So same here. Um, you know, w- one of the great books that really opened up my mind to this work is called The Brain That Changes Itself by oh. Dr. Norman, Dr. Norman Deutsch. Chapter two of that book is on one of my biggest mentors, uh, Barbara Aerosmith Young. Uh, but it really, it really shows, uh, you know, what can be possible in terms of the brain and its capacity for positive change. Wow. The Brain That Changes Itself? Yes, by Dr. Cool. Norman Deutsch. Uh, very good book. I've got a lot of books on the go right now, probably like you. I also, yeah. of course, love Collins, Good to Great as well as just a, a staple. Awesome. Great recommendations there, Mark. And one that I, I will definitely be reading. Um, and uh, chapter two, I guess uh, you, you've made a couple uh, mentions of your mentor, Barbara Aerosmith-Young. And, and so maybe another person that we should look up and, and learn about. Yeah. She's amazing, uh, as well as Howard Eaton, who's really uh, specialized in uh, in really uh, you know improvement of of systems, and he's a part of ABI Wellness as well. Love it, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you. Before we close out our chat today, you all already provided a best way to contact you, but but what would you what would you leave us with a closing thought? You know. What I challenge our team to do and myself to do as much as possible is mm-hmm. be clear on what you stand for uh, personally. Mm-hmm. And then once, once you're there, which can be hard, 
<laughs> um, then, then challenge your organization to live to who you are and what you are as, as a team. And this is the whole starts with why Simon Sinek uh, stuff, which I love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, understand what, who you are, what you're trying to do, understand what your core values are, um, be very clear on what you're trying to do as an organization and be tenacious and, and go for it. Um, because without that level of innovation, things don't change. And the status quo in my work isn't quite doing what it could do. Well, we're committed to that and uh, completely. And that's what I would leave you with is that if, if you work in an organization that's looking to do something exciting that can actually uh, change outcomes, um, get clear on what you stand for, what you're going to do. If it does fit with our space, contact us. We want to hear from you. We can maybe help you achieve that. Like it, you can do it, right? That's the thing. You can actually do it. Love so it. it just starts with one step. Uh, that's such a great call, Mark. And and folks, take action. You know, we're we believe it's possible. And abiwellness.com is uh, is a tool in your arsenal that that could help you take your business, your care for your patients to the next level. So, uh, Mark, such a privilege to to have you here on the podcast today, and uh, and definitely looking forward to staying in touch. Sounds good. Keep up the good work. 